is the e-commerce coffee break the podcast dedicated to shopify store owners who want to optimize their business for maximum conversions and revenue each week you're going to get actionable advice and hear from special guests talking about various topics on how to run a profitable business on shopify learn how to survive in the fast-changing e-commerce world with your host klaus lauter and get e-commerce insights you can't google welcome to the show Hello and welcome to another episode of the e-commerce coffee break. Today we want to talk about search engine optimization, also called SEO. A lot of Shopify and e-commerce store owners have it on their plate, have it on the list, but always get the feeling they do not really fully understand what it means and how to approach search engine optimization. So therefore I have with me today Jason Berkowitz. He is the founder and SEO director of Break the Web a search marketing agency focusing heavily on search engine optimization. And he brings 10, 12 years background in search engine optimization to the table. So he has a broad understanding on what to do. And we would just want to dive in and give a little bit of an update on what the status of search engine optimization specifically for e-commerce is. Hello, Jason. How are you today? Hey, doing great. Give me a bit of a background. Where are you coming from and what got you into SEO? I am born and raised in New York City. And about 11 years ago now, I had a different, I had a business, a business in the personal training space. And I was tired of relying on, Hey, I was also working in a commercial gym at the time, relying on the leads that the gym would give me. And then when I'm trying to build my own personal business on the side, nobody's coming to me and I'm just sending emails and doing random advertisements in newspapers. And then, uh, which I thought was kind of like an epiphany, clearly it wasn't. What if people are actively looking for me? They just don't know of me yet which led me to understand and do a little bit of reading that SEO is a thing so that you can optimize for specific search queries, spe a specific search demand. So when people are typing in uh, what you do, you can show up and a lot of testing, a lot of networking with people in the space to learn from a lot of bartering because I didn't have even money to get some great mentorship or coaching. I kind of became a little bit obsessed with SEO. Um, I SEO'd my website, sold the website and stopped personal training was no longer a passion of mine. And SEO became the new passion with the thought that, oh, I did this for my website. I can do this for others as well. And in that time, I started freelancing and kind of a natural transition when you start bringing on people to help delegate items to and other tasks. You wake up and you have a little boutique agency that we now call Break the Web. Okay, sounds great. Break the web, I think, is a great name. Hopefully, we're not breaking the web tonight. But no, I say, oh, obviously, a lot of people have sort of a, a half knowledge what it is and what's entitled. And I think in SEO, there's a little bit of a risk that people really quickly think they become experts by reading a, a couple of blog posts and um, just changing their H1 tags, and then they think everything is SEO optimized and take it from there. Now, I think you're doing this game for a long time. I have been in there even longer, and we all know the Google slap that you're doing your work, and then um, they change the, the rules, and you're starting from scratch. What's your um, experience with website owners, specifically e-commerce stores, approaching SEO? From what kind of point are they coming from? Yeah, I think you, yeah, I think you nailed it. A lot of people think sometimes even just by reading a blog or maybe attending a webinar that or a live event that SEO is all the aspects that take place on the website itself. And that is a huge, absolutely huge part of SEO. Probably about 50% of it is what we consider the on-page SEO aspects. Page titles, descriptions, header tags, all the different pieces of information. But then we also have the other 50% of it, which tends to go missed because it's really hard is off-page SEO 
trust building, link building, or as we call it nowadays a bit, uh, digital PR in a way. And they both come into play at a 50-50 percentage in a proper SEO campaign, where on-page SEO is used to signal relevance and what a topic is about, a given page correlated with a certain topic, and then off-page SEO is used to signal trust. And we speak to a lot of e-commerce owners, Shopify owners, and site managers or marketing managers, typically, and they've been pushing out a lot of content, uh, informational content, content that they're all just trying to rank for the same keyword, of course. So they might be canceling each other out. And they spoke and the page titles are a bit crazy. The header tags are all over the place. That tends to be a big one. So when we speak to e-com sites, is that's the foundation aspect. Let's see how much we can squeeze out of the on-page SEO and clean things up a little bit. A lot of times people might make, especially on Shopify, an endless amount of collection pages for all these different keywords that again, might be canceling each other out and all might be semantically relevant to the same topic, same idea. So that's a big one we tend to see. And then of course, missing the off-page SEO aspect, which is, especially in competitive markets, really, really important. Mm -hmm. I think SEO, when it comes to off-page, um, people underestimate the work volume and the time that needs to go in there before you see results. When I talk to my clients and I ask them, okay, what's your marketing strategy? Then um, it's like, yeah, we do social media, content marketing, SEO. And lots of the times, or most of the times I have the feeling they expect to see results coming from SEO within the next two weeks. And I always have to pull them back and say, no, rather think in months, four, six months, something like that, if you do it right. What's your approach there? What, what would you tell someone who coming to you and coming with this kind of false expectations? Yeah, that, it is a faulty expectation, I think, because we live in a society nowadays of like instant gratification, just because, you know, power that's in our phones, in our hands. We spent a lot of time, especially during the sales process, which is, of course, in a way, mutual qualification. A brand might be qualifying us as an agency, but at the same time, we're also qualifying them because we spend a lot of time on expectation setting. And if we feel that we can't properly manage expectations of an SEO campaign, uh, one of the big aspects is time and that algorithms take a little bit of time to adjust and Google's always going to be testing uh, different click-through rates of the search results, then they probably wouldn't be the right fit. But if they understand that SEO is kind of a long-term strategy, where right now you're probably not going to see great, great return. And that's where, of course, if you do have the, the spend, maybe to throw in paid advertising as an example. In the meantime, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Once you build that foundation, once you start building uh, really great content, have a good strategy behind it, digital PR, we spend a lot of time trying to make sure that they know that if we're able to follow a given timeline that we propose, you can see really great improvements within three months. But then also really great improvements is really ambiguous. You can go from page eight to page three. That's a really great improvement, but it's not going to give you much traffic. So um, we really spend a lot of time just expectation setting, trying to find clarity and alignment on results and length of time. I think the quality of whatever the merchant is selling and sort of the, the niche or the industry they're in also has a huge impact on SEO. I'm just thinking about like the million of Ali, AliExpress dropshippers. Um, they're basically selling a commodity, which 50 others are selling as well. Might be very hard to rank for that. What's your experience with different um, industries, different type of sellers in, in the e-commerce space? Yeah, I think the dropshipping one is definitely an interesting one because uh, it just it's growing and growing even more. There are going to be industries that are really, really competitive and even industries that you might be competing with some big names, some conglomerates in the space that are not even dropshippers. I think with strategic research and auditing and a plan, there are ways to tackle it. For example, you could beat out Amazon if you need to 
just by being niche, where, for example, Amazon is everything. <laughs> they sell everything there. Where if you're, for example, just selling traditional blue widgets and your site is dedicated to widgets or blue widgets, you do have that advantage of having that thematic relevance. But Google is also going to be looking at your domain's trust overall and making sure that, yeah, this is a reputable player in the widget market. It makes sense for them to be more applicable than Amazon. It's about strategy, you know, as well as other aspects of marketing too. If you're able to find a informational content piece, maybe um, that you can write content about that will be top of the funnel, we know that that's not necessarily going to lead to a conversion. But if you can work with a funneling system or, of course, many Shopify apps that make this really seamless, you can bring them into your funnel and then, of course, nurture them into a final sale as well is a great strategy. Conversion rates might be a little bit lower given the informational search intent, but there are always ways, especially in really, really key competitive markets for new emerging brands to tackle low-hanging fruit initially. And then as their trust and authority grows, let the competitiveness grow with it. It shows already a bit of the complexity. How long does it take you as, as an agency to do the groundwork, keyword research, for instance, all of this. I mean, this must take a long, long time before you actually can really start working on the SAO side. Is that right? So our phase one is foundational aspects. And these are things that we want to present as much as possible. As an agency, especially in the world of SEO, where we know SEO takes time, our goal is to try to get it started as soon as possible. So keyword research, or what we call them opportunity research, because one keyword might have dozens of other semantically relevant opportunities. We try to deliver that as fast as possible. And our research and our deliverable allows our clients to give us some thoughts and statuses among certain clusters and buckets, which of course our goal is to provide the entire data set. You let us know what's a priority for you, what's on brand, maybe what's not on brand or an absolute no-no. Legal will, will have a, a heart attack if you present something. And that's usually the first thing we aim to deliver. Usually within the first two to three weeks of officially kicking off an engagement where uh, we do provide some benchmark reports just to kind of showcase, hey, here you are before with working us, with us, maybe a quarter or two quarters or a year later, here's another report on where you are at now. We try to get that out pretty quickly and then we use that to set priorities and targets. We try to optimize the site as a whole, but especially when it comes to digital PR, we want to really specify an X amount of URLs so that when we're building links and such, we're not just building links everywhere, we can properly track good traction and movements in organic visibility for a set of URLs and then move on from there and keep, keep adding, keep adding, keep adding. When it comes to optimizing the on-page SEO, now obviously there might be different goals. So people might want to optimize for like data feeds. Google Shopping, for instance, or any other things. Now, obviously, there things become really difficult because then one of a sudden you're not talking about one title tech or one description tech. You're talking about plenty of them. How do you approach that? We always say um, that I think we should find a good balance of everything, especially when working with developers, maybe for like a technical SEO side of things. We don't necessarily want to sacrifice other forms of marketing or even sometimes maybe even more important forms of marketing like user experience and conversion rates for the sake of SEO. SEO is just one of the many different platforms or verticals in marketing. We want to try to find some good harmony and some good balance. Um, we play well with others is kind of how we phrase it, is that if we do need to optimize for both SEO and maybe user experience, or maybe the data feed, how can we find a good balance so everyone gets what they need, uh, whether it is the data feed, whether it's a third-party contractor, whatever it is, um, we just don't want to sacrifice other aspects of quality for our own selfish reasons. You're talking about different marketing channels. Now, different marketing channels, beside of having your own store, can be, for instance, a YouTube channel, can be any kind of social channel. Are you optimizing for these channels as well? 
I mean, you could. YouTube is a search engine in its own uh, various different ways. And they do also have similar, but also very different metrics when it comes to positioning in YouTube. We know that uh, watch time and click-through rate is probably the biggest um, ranking factors right now when it comes to YouTube. But if you are able to, and you have a presence and you have equipment and you have a friendly face, then yeah, by all means, try to try to do as much as you can. If you have the bandwidth and capabilities, the more the merrier. Talking about search engines, obviously Google by far number one. I'm not sure, still over 90%. Couple of other search engines out there. Does that make any difference? <laughs> Does that make any difference in the approach for SEO from your side, or just um, one size fits all? We try. We aim to optimize with the key focus on Google, which sucks. It's annoying and it's horrible, but they own the market. They have the monopoly on search. So we do optimize for Google standard best practices typically. And by default, usually if everything's going right, Bing will come along with it. Um, other search engines, um, DuckDuckGo uses uh, Bing's index as does Yahoo, if Yahoo's search is still around. I don't even know. I know they were bought out. Uh, so they all rely on, <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> they all rely on a Bing index. So if you are submitting to Bing Webmaster Tools and you're making sure that Bing has no issues crawling your website, they do rely on very, very similar metrics like on-page SEO thematic relevance and off-page SEO links. Just not as good as, just not as advanced, I would say, as where Google is. Good is a very <laughs> unique word I didn't want to, I wanted to backtrack on, but advanced, I would say, is probably a better word. Good SEO costs money and time, as we already figured out. Now, when it comes to the money aspect, I always have the feeling a lot of people jump onto Fiverr, Upwork, any kind of these platforms, try to hire a SEO expert for the cheapest possible price. And then they're sort of um, expect quick and good results. How do you deal with customers that are coming with this kind of um, approach and saying, yeah, we can outsource that? Or why are you better than somebody sitting in Asia? Yeah. Well, definitely, um, I don't think geolocation has the true reflection on quality. We have team members all around the world, even in uh, India and the Philippines, which are traditionally kind of the, the spammy SEO countries. Um, I think it's also... The, like you said, Fiverr definitely is notorious for SEO spam and really good uh, product description pages, which may get people buying some things that used to work very well in like 2007, like social bookmarks. I still see around. In terms of a client coming to us and why we're different, we're essentially the way we pitch and our value proposition and our ideal client is in-house marketing teams of B2C, D2C companies that just struggle to crack the code to SEO. SEO is hard. It's confusing. There's a whole tech jargon of words that just are, are absolutely nuts. So we're essentially a partner and kind of an extension of an existing marketing team. And what you would be paying for less and bringing someone in full time to uh, help, you're getting an entire team behind you multiple people who are there to have their eyes on the SEO campaign and help grow, as well as um, history, transparency. I'm a New Yorker, so we don't sugarcoat anything. We tell you what's going to work, what's not. Don't do that. That's a waste of time. Or that's really screwing up your website. Um, just no time for BS. And we just get straight down to business and communication and transparency are big ones, which tend to be lacking in the SEO world as well. What's what's a golden nugget from your side right now on the state and SEO? What should people do or what should be the right approach to to get going and to see results what would you recommend there yeah i think trying the big one which is a big topic in the world of seo nowadays is trying to match a search intent 
a lot of people, we all want our product pages to rank number on, at the top for various keywords because that's going to increase the chances of sales. But the problem is the page that you're trying to optimize for might not necessarily correlate with the specific page or the specific intent that Google classifies. Maybe Google finds a query to be more informational and that's why the top 10 results are articles and you're spending that time trying to optimize a product page, that's where you might be missing out. So I think trying to analyze the search intent and trying to really hone in on that will be big. One question that comes to my mind there is a lot of stores have a lot of moving SKUs products moving very, very quickly. So the product page would probably not have enough time to rank because it might be seasonal, it might be promotional or whatever. What's, what's a workaround or what's an approach to, um, to get these pages ranked or not ranked and focus on another part of the, of the store? Yeah, Google has said, and it's been speculated that when an item, for example, might be out of stock, that di that might in fact reflect its rankings. If the item's in stock, there's nothing else you can do. A lot of people, when products go out of stock or they get discontinued, they may actually 404 and delete the page completely, in which that case, you're definitely going to lose uh, traffic and rankings. If you do discontinue a product entirely, we would say keep the page alive and maybe have a note this product has been discontinued and a list of other great products that might be similar and try to keep the engagement alive on the page or redirect it to the next best page that would be applicable so that at least any SEO equity that currently existed is now being transferred to another page. But we try to have a standard in which instead of going to 404 is that the page tries to stay live as much as possible. Okay, great tip. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, you can Google Break the Web, visit us at breaktheweb.agency. And yeah, that's, that's it, breaktheweb.agency. Okay, I, I said we're hoping not to break the web instead of help people in <laughs> getting where they want. I think SEO, yeah. we, we sort of had, had a good overview there. And um, I think it became quite clear that SEO is a multi-layered approach. It can be very technical. It's not something that you can pull out of your um, hand or very quickly. So you need to have the background and it's not done by just implementing an SEO app in Shopify and then hope for the best. Yeah, there's a lot of components when it comes to on-page SEO and off-page SEO specifically. And you can find out about all those different components just by reading the various uh, many articles that exist on there. But yeah, having uh, different team members focus on different areas just make it a lot easier. Cool. Okay, we're coming sort of to the end of our coffee break. Time almost over. Thanks so much for, for that insight, Jason. I think it was very helpful and um, gave a good overview. I only can recommend somebody who's serious about getting their products or their stores ranked to um, reach out to you or any other kind of SEO expert and not trying to do that themselves. They will be lost at some point there. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> talk soon. Bye. Hey, Klaus here. If you're a Shopify store owner and you're feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and not sure what to do next to grow your business, you struggle to convert traffic into sales or turn website visitors into buyers, and you want to like have direct access to a mentor who can assist you with your store strategy, offer marketing, sales, and anything else you need, then I would like to invite you to apply for my Get Conversions program, where I show you how to remove the guesswork out of growing your Shopify business and create clarity to optimize your business for maximal growth and profit. It's a application-only program. To apply, go to my website klauslauter.com to learn more. 
And finally, please do not forget to subscribe, like and comment. And I would be grateful if you would leave a quick, honest rating and review over at Apple iTunes. It's a huge help and allows me to reach more people with the podcast. Thanks in advance and until next time at the e-commerce coffee break.